visit Cape and Cowell Comics at 1601 Clay Street in downtown Oakland, California, open every day, or online at capeandcowlcomics.com. Welcome to the Cape and Cowell Comics Podcast, where we talk comics and comics culture. I am Henry Liu, and today I am once again joined by Cape and Cowell owner Aton Manhoff. Hello there. And the man known as Rainier. Hey, everyone. All right, so today we're going to talk about new school comic book fans versus old school comic book fans. So we'll, 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 we'll go deeper on that later because that's kind of a, it's a big, it's a big topic, basically. There's a lot to find. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But first, I thought we'd talk about the Justice League trailer. That just came out over the weekend, and you two are probably the biggest DC fans I know, so I would love to get your guys' take on this trailer. You want to start, Aton? Sure. I thought uh, I thought it looked super fun. I mean, it, you know, I, I have to stay consciously optimistic, um, even as somebody who's enjoyed past uh, DC uh, films. Um, you know, I, I I'm I'm ready to be hurt, and I get hurt more by other people's reaction <laughs> than the movie themselves. Um, but you know, I thought there was a good amount of humor. The action looked fun. Um, in particular, uh, Aquaman riding on top of the Batmobile for whatever reason just like got set my heart aflutter. That was just so cool. Like I've never seen that before, and I loved it. I I really think Aquaman um, stands to be the breakout star of this movie based off of everything we've seen. I think seen. a lot of people are going to be surprised by Aquaman. Yeah, I think he looks he looks awesome, and I you know I like the tradition. I love traditional Aquaman: green pants, yellow shirt blonde hair like that's how I picture Aquaman that's how I like to see Aquaman drawn I'm totally down for Jason Momoa's like Pacific Islander looking tattooed super muscular long dark hair like leader of the kingdom yeah he looks badass looks pretty cool I would agree what about you Rainer what's your take oh I loved it I enjoyed every second of it how many times have you watched it? I, I, you know, I actually only watched it maybe three or four only times. Only three or four times, okay. <laughs> only because I don't want to overanalyze it. Okay. I don't want to get in over my head. Yeah. I do appreciate that they did not, it was not telling of any kind of story. They didn't spoil anything, which I think was the biggest complaint for the big BVS trailer that came out before the movie came out. Right. Um, it highlighted characters' powers. Uh, there was a good amount of humor. It was entertaining. I loved it. Yeah, and I, I uh, do you think do you think they're on apocalypse in that trailer? Oh, there's parademons everywhere. Yeah, there's parademons everywhere. Yeah. There's like lava. Yeah. It's very <laughs> dark and and scary looking. Hey, you know one thing I noticed, and I wonder if you guys know, there seems to be like a sorceress type character shown in the trailer. Do you know who that person is? You're referring to Mira, um, the underwater or. It's it's it, it's just it's real it's a short quick shot it's right after you see Lois Lane I think that was Mira yeah okay. I think okay. that was Mira so that's okay. that's Aquaman's wife ah, okay. um, and the queen of of Atlantis so it, it we're we're gonna get a bunch of Atlantis I imagine yeah you know um, how you mentioned lava cool. everywhere I mean I'm not sure. I mean that's very telling of apocalypse but that that could also be underwater as well right I mean was everywhere could be uh, but it did look i mean i thought it looked kind of like dry land the way they were jumping around and and batman was like driving his batmobile and stuff so unless they're in like some deep blocked off underwater cave which 
I kind of. I, <laughs> Well, you put in the bat sub. It's oh, no right. problem. That's um, easy. One thing I wanted to mention, as you know, a not a super a, a DC super fan is, you know, to me, the Justice League isn't really the Justice League without Superman, and Superman is not in the trailer. Like thoughts there? Do you think Superman will appear at the very end of the movie, or what's the speculation there? Tagline is unite the seven. There's five of them, there. <laughs> right? Right. So who's? Oh, wait, the tagline is unite the seven. Really? Isn't it unite the seven? I don't know. If that it is, on, that's awesome. That Does that mean one of the, that was on? I think that was on a, a very early iteration of the uh, Aquaman poster. Okay. Mm. Okay. So if it if there are two missing, who would it be? Obviously Superman, Superman and Green Lantern. Probably Green Lantern. Ooh. Yeah. Okay. The Big Seven used to mean something else, but now they've got Cyborg in there. The Big Seven used to refer to the, the characters you'd expect, plus the Martian Manhunter. Um, but I don't think mm. we're getting Martian Manhunter. But there there have been rumors that Green Lantern could show up, and they have plans down the road for a Green Lantern core movie. Yeah. Um, which oh, yeah. Would be fucking so great. If By the they way, did that. Have, oh, you my seen, God. have you seen Martian Manhunter on Supergirl? Only pictures. I, I haven't. Uh, I am nowhere near current on Supergirl. I I really enjoy the show. Martian Manhunter is actually very well represented on that show. It's yeah. pretty awesome. Yeah. Cool. Uh, you know, another little thing I did notice. Um, you know, I'm not a a DC EU super fan, like I said, but I am a Watchmen super fan. And Zack Snyder, the director of Justice League, did direct Watchmen. And I noticed there's a shot of Batman looking very much like Night Owl. So he's got those <laughs> goggles. Uh, uh, did you guys notice that? Where he's got those uh, kind of those dark goggles. It almost looks exactly like the Zack Snyder ni- Night Owl. Do you think that is uh, in reference to that film? Or do you think it is actually in line with like a Batman gadget? I mean, that'd be cool if there was like a little Easter egg to, uh, you know... Little little something to the Watchmen. Like yeah. I mean, how awesome would it be if just somebody drops like a yellow button, a yellow, yellow <laughs> smiley face yeah. button, or something? Yeah. You know, um, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be surprised. It's a little nod to what he what he did before. Cool. Um, I thought that shot. He has. You know, you just can't deny Scott Snyder can make shit look cool. Yeah. Scott Snyder. Yeah. Oh, Zack Snyder. Zack Snyder. Yeah. Scott yeah. Snyder too. Zack Snyder yeah. though. He just like he makes great shots. There's a shot in that trailer. Batman's standing on a gargoyle, it's raining, the camera's looking up at him, and you're just like, wow. Mm-hmm. That right is just the about the coolest Batman has, has ever looked, uh, you know, in a movie. Right out of the pages, it looked like. Yeah, yeah. totally. And a lot of, that's a good point. Uh, you know, there's a lot of uh, negativity towards some of these DC movies, but I myself and a lot of people do recognize Zack Snyder as a great visual filmmaker. And uh, yeah, for sure. It, it looks his stuff looks cool there's pretty much no question about it yeah but so not everybody loved this trailer Renier you came in saying that you were talking to people what did they have to say what did these <laughs> the first few what did these bastards have to say about oh, that trailer terrible. there are a few people that, that that came in saying that it was great and then and then people just the shitstorm just started I think these are just from people <laughs> that just in general just hate DC movies to begin with so no matter what is yeah. presented to them there's there, there's already did they point to anything specific were they like Aquaman's hair is too long or they uh, did point to the comment about when Flash or Wally West or uh, Barry Allen. Allen was asking Bruce Wayne what are your powers yeah. and he turns at him and he's like I'm rich yeah he said he had a problem with that that it was corny oh and I'm like on. wait a second hold on here if if Bruce Wayne was really being asked this question, 
that is a very realistic answer. That is, <laughs> sure. And it's pretty fucking hilarious. Yeah. that's totally, I think that's like a super accurate uh, Batman response. How else would know? he ask? How, how else would he answer yeah, I mean, the question? I mean, right. Maybe more accu- accurate would be like he would just ignore the question and start driving. But he's in, you know, he's Bruce Wayne. Yeah. You know, he doesn't have the cowl on. We all know there's a difference between Bruce and Batman. Um I, I also heard a criticism from another uh, store owner, or I saw it on Facebook, that I thought was, it, it made me chuckle and it made me, you know, think think twice about what I saw in the trailer. And, and he was he was referencing Superman, and he says, you know, if I, if my powers were derived from a yellow sun and I existed in a movie or existed in a world that never showed the yellow sun, I'd be pretty pissed off too. <laughs> and I thought, well, like you know that that. That says something. That's true. Yeah, maybe maybe that is telling, though. Of, I mean, Superman is nowhere in the trailers, and yeah. we know what happened to him in Batman versus Superman. I have a theory about Superman in the Justice League movie. Maybe we should we could save it for another day. But I, I have a theory of how Superman's going to come to be in this movie. What his role in the movie is going to be. Mm-hmm. Um, I just fucking hope and pray he has his beautiful long hair. You think he's going to come <laughs> out in the? You think he's going to come out in the black? Or oh God, yes. <laughs> You want you want the nineties hockey want, hair? Yes, <laughs> yes, yes, yes. That hair never should have gone away. It's beautiful. It's glorious. I miss it. There's never been a long-haired Superman in movies or TV ever, right? No, no. They, they, the closest you can come is the... Um, Nick Cage. The Nick Cage stuff. If you <laughs> go right. back, and there's that documentary about the the Tim Burton Superman That's movie that never got made. And, yes, it is. And there's Nick Cage in a Superman costume with his long, balding hair. <laughs> uh, it's really it's really something to behold. He's got a, tape, would, a cape for the shoulders and a cape for up top. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I would love to see long-haired Superman, too. Oh, my God. They have to. Oh, God. I will explode. He will have to clean me up off of the walls and the ceiling of a theater if he comes out with long hair. Nice. Particularly in the black costume and everything. Oh, mm. oh, 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 please. Maybe one day. Oh, they teased that black costume in um, Man of Steel. Well, and also, I think, yeah. I think Zack Snyder even tweeted out a picture of... Uh, Henry Cavill in the black costume. Like I think we're, I think we're pretty oh. much assured the black costume is coming. Mm. Um, which you know, it'll be interesting to see why it's black. You know, in the comics, it was it was this like uh, healing suit that Superman wore uh, in this regeneration chamber. Um, all right, can I just spill my theory real fast? Yeah, and then let's we do can, it. Then we can get to the topic. Yeah. So, at the end of Batman vs Superman, spoilers: Superman dies. Whatever, if that's a spoiler, that movie came out like fucking a year and a half ago. Um, <laughs> and he's going to come back. He, so they, the last shot of the movie is there's dirt on uh, Superman's um, coffin. And and the, the last thing you see is the dirt starts to rise up off uh, yeah, of the coffin. Yeah. So my theory is that the instant Superman gets put in the ground, Darkseid shows up on Earth. He's been waiting for an opening. He knows the only person who can stop him is Superman. As soon as Superman goes down, that's when it's time to come with the army of parademons take over Earth. It's his now. Now, I think Darkseid wants Superman's power. So I think Darkseid resurrects Superman. He uses his uh, uh, the anti-life equation. We'll just assume he has it. Uh, Darkseid has always been on the search for the anti-life equation. Let's the just say Omega he, beam, right? Let's just give it to him. Uh, no, the Omega Beam is his superpower that he shoots out of his eyes and goes all like wonky all over the place. But Darkseid's like goal in life is to find the anti-life equation. It's 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 the original uh, Infinity Gauntlet, which just is like ultimate power, but, but ultimate death 
you know, I mean, he could just bring death to the universe. So anyway, let's say Darkseid resurrects Superman. The team, the Justice League, the, the who they're actually going to be fighting is a black-suited evil Superman who they have to, like, break the bond between uh, Darkseid and Superman. Now, that's going to piss a lot of people off to see mean, angry Superman again. But <laughs> as soon as they break that bond, we're into the blue costume. We get a big, cheesy smile. You know, he saves the airplane. He tells people it's the safest way to travel. And boom, we have Superman back. That's my theory. Uh, wow. That'd be cool to see, you know? I think so. Yeah. I, if they don't make that movie, I'm going to make that movie. <laughs> Who's with me? What do you think, Renier? I'm still trying to wrap my head around it. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if they're going to if they're going to throw uh, Black Adam in there because he's uh, coming up with his own movie as well. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, it depends how busy they want to get. Do they want to go civil war with it and have thirty thousand characters, or do they want to like focus on because you know they're they're doing it the the anti-Marvel way, right? They're introducing all their characters at once and mm-hmm. then going with the solo movies as opposed to the opposite, like yeah. Marvel did. Right. Solo movies and then team up. So I think they probably need to focus on their core group, see who becomes viable. Like, I think that we're going to find out Cyborg just isn't a solo movie guy. Mm. I'm still going to be surprised if they make a, a Cyborg solo movie. I know they want him to be big and popular so badly, and I just don't think it's going to fly. Um, like I said, I think Aquaman's going to be the breakout. I think uh, he's going to turn some heads for sure. Yeah. Not a lot of hearts. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, yeah, let's move on to our, our main topic. The our main topic. potatoes. Yeah. Uh, so we want to talk about old school comic fans versus new school comic fans. And that's kind of like the nice way of putting it, right? Maybe the not so nice way of putting it is comic book elitists versus comic book noobs. Right, and um, yeah, this all kind of stemmed from a lot of conversations you and I have had, Rainier. And first off, the, the the question or the topic really is, you know, what is an old school comic fan? A comic fan like you and I would kind of refer to ourselves as that, but there sure as heck are a lot of comic book fans who go back. A whole lot, <laughs> way back further than us. I mean, it's you know? a seventy-five plus year old industry. Yeah, you know, and yeah, there yeah. there are old school collectors still out there who you know probably just don't even acknowledge newer <laughs> comics. They're just like yeah. those do not concern them. So, uh, but I guess it's this topic is particularly inter- interesting right now because of kind of how cool superhero movies and TV shows are right now, right? So, I know Rainier, you've mentioned to me a lot of so-called comic book experts <laughs> you've had discussions with and it turns out they kind of they haven't even picked up a comic book they've just watched avengers and a few mcu movies and boom they're so-called experts so what, what are your thoughts on on the, these kind of new fans oh i don't know i'm, uh, I'm torn <laughs> yeah. on one side it's great we're there you know there's there are people that are joining the the comic fandom but at the same time, it's like, you know, I've, I've had conversations where people are, are incredibly hypercritical about comic characters in movies, and, and that's their only resource as to what they know these characters to be. And I'm like, there's an entire world of books on these characters that you don't even know about. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Is there even a positive to it? You said it's they're a good, a good aspect 
aspect to having all these new fans. Is there like <laughs> you know the only positive thing I can think of is merchandising. Like there's a okay. lot of cool shirts that are out there now, <laughs> and like, you can find them everywhere. <laughs> yeah, and this this particular topic could be applied to a lot of different things. I mean, music comes to mind. Like I think with a lot of different genres, like say punk, or hip hop, or grunge. It started off as like a niche thing, and then once it got into the mainstream, got really popular, the, the, the people who were down from day one kind of resented the newer fans, right? I, I see a lot of similarities here. And Aton, you, I'm sure you've seen the whole spectrum of fandoms it, it come into your shop. What are your thoughts on all this? Certainly. So, yeah, so I'm probably on the other side of the, the aisle on this topic. I, I you know... Um, I would. I prefer probably not to draw the line. I mean, I know the line's there, but I would prefer to just kind of ignore it because you know, I I get a lot of people who come in uh, who have only seen the movies and and maybe they don't they they don't even intend to pick up a book or anything when they come in. They're just kind of maybe they're in for the merchandise. Or, you yeah. know, they want to see what uh, what uh, like lanyards we have that they can hang their <laughs> uh, their work ID from or whatever. But. You know, I, I see it all as, a, as an opportunity to, like, indoctrinate these people. Uh, because when somebody comes in and they're like, have you watched Iron Fist? Which, fuck, I've been asked that question 30,000 times in the last week. I'm only three episodes in, people. I'm sorry. I, 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 got, I got shit to do. Um, but anyway, you know, so when they come in and, and they ask and I say, oh, you know, I feel this way about it or that way, whatever. Um, but here's an awesome Iron Fist book. Like, if you dug the show at all or you want to know more about the character, like, check out this book. And it's an opportunity to get them to become comic book readers, to, to check out the source material, to see what the good book says. Uh, you know, so I, I think it's cool. And, and it's always been something that's in the back of my mind of, like, how I can turn other people on to comics. That's probably why I do what I do. Um, I, uh, you know, a new reader is a victory and if I can get help from a billion zillion dollar movie studio to like make a new reader um, I'm down and would you say to people maybe like Rainier who you're <laughs> 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 to me <laughs> I, I'm in the camp I'm in that camp to a degree too but I'm just saying if there is some elitism is it I, I'm just I'm just a little devil's advocate. I, I mentioned is there any positive to these brand new fans? Is there any positive to these kind of crusty old vets who are kind of <laughs> holding on to this and being really cranky about it? Or Aton, are, are you like, open your mind, man? Like just 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 be cool. <laughs> let, with let, it. Me, let me let me be clear on my up. side. Okay, there's there's no ahead. level of negativity on my side, but there is definitely there there. It's a clear distinction between people that have only you know have seen the movies and. You know, their research only goes beyond that. Like, it's just, it's interesting to see that. Like, I, I suddenly have, I'm suddenly having conversations with people that are telling me things, oh, did you know this? <laughs> <laughs> because they saw a movie, and I'm like, yeah, I did know that. And I've read the books. Well, what, I, I, love, I love to get specifics. What, what was that reference? Uh, or one of those references you got? One of those, did you know this kind of moments? Can you recall? I, I can't. Oh, think about that. Yeah. But, uh, his yeah, face that over. filled with rage <laughs> and it happened and it blinded him yeah, from yeah. his memory. But, you know, I, I thought this, I actually, when we talked about about doing this as a, as a conversation for a podcast, I actually thought it was stemming from somewhere else. I thought it was like, 
um, I like to go to Comic-Con, and it's hard to get tickets now oh. because there's people who are buying tickets yeah. so that they can spend a whole day in line um, to go to a Harry Potter panel or to go to an Avengers <laughs> panel or whatever it is. But they're, you know, they're buying up tickets. They, have, they, they don't read comics. They're going to Comic-Con. Yeah. They don't read comics. Um, but they, you know, they'll show up in a Captain America shirt, and they'll um, go to the Avengers panel. And basically, they're like... You know they're they're taking spots up at at the convention and stuff. I thought that's what I thought that's kind oh, of yeah. what this stemmed from. Oh, there's that too. We'll uh, go, we'll get into that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but before we go in there, I just want to get your opinion on on this kind of elitist mentality. Do you are you completely anti that? And, and people with those attitudes really gotta check themselves. What do you think? Well, you know, I think yes. I I think in today's um, and now, yes, I'm against that. When, before, like, I think you have, like, the pre-TV and movie universe that we all existed in, you know, 10 years ago or whatever it was yeah. before these movies blew up. And, and it was, like, this kind of special, special small thing that we, as comic book readers and fans, had. Um, and it's kind of what made us cool. Like, I, I mean... It made us cool by not being cool or whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it was yeah. all through high school and whatever. Like, that was my thing. I was the comic book guy. When I showed up to college the first day with a Superman tattoo, I was like, I was the college. I was the Superman guy, you know? Yeah. And that was, like, my thing. Um, and now, you know, it's not like that anymore. But but back then, you know, you, you might be able to, like, get your friend to read, like, a new Wolverine comic or something. And it's like... Fuck yeah, dude! I'm gonna get him in. He's gonna start reading. Like I'm gonna have another buddy. But but you know, it's not like that anymore. It's it's much more open, and and um, it's not like this little. We're not little unique snowflakes anymore. You know, yeah. we can. But we have an opportunity to to you know to bring more people in, and and then the more people that come in, like comics get better, right? Like the more people who read comics, the more people who see movies, like. Comics are be the best now that they've ever been, partly because of these movies and things. Where like people take the source material actually seriously, right? Like we get writer, yeah. you know, we get Ta-Nehisi Coates, to, you know, to come write Black Panther. Now, now you might feel one way or another about his actual Black Panther, but the fact that he's writing Black Panther is awesome. Yeah, you know, and 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 that's just one example. We get other people from TV and movie writers and stuff who are coming to comics and and really good artists that maybe were just doing design work because that's where money is are coming over and do comics. So, so the bigger it gets, I think it is the be better for all of us. Um, so no, I don't think there's a place for the elitism now. I think um, I think in the past when we were all like when we were all special and unique, uh, you could have made a better argument for mm. it. And Rainier, I'm. Just to clarify, I'm not saying you're like that, and uh, I'm not saying. Be clear, Rainier is the bad guy here, and, well, and Henry and I are heroes. Yeah. Well, oh, just no, you I mean, take us outside. Should we take us outside? <laughs> yes. But, uh, but, but interestingly, though, I would say I think Rainier, both you and I, we hold on to a little bit of that. Like I, you know, there's a bit of pride in having been into this stuff for such a long time. I mean, wouldn't you agree there? Yeah, yeah, I think so. I mean, I think there's a difference between, you know, un unfolding a story, like turning the pages of a comic book, actually picking that book up at a comic shop, versus I've seen the movie, I'm going to hop on Wikipedia and find out exactly how it happened that way. You know, there's a... It's different, right? It is different. And another thing I wanted to point out is... Do, or ask you, actually, is there... 
just a little bit of resentment that we grew up and there was there was none of this on TV and in movies. Yeah, yeah and yeah, yeah. and there's kind of this sense of well, you guys have it have, so a, easy. have it great, <laughs> man. Like I would have killed for this shit when I was a kid. You know, don't you feel a little bit of resentment there? Like there are some people that have complained about I don't know, like people that complain about Batman versus Superman. Like for a lot of like kids, like this is their first. I don't know what kids, but for a lot of people, like, this is, like, their first, like, I don't know, um, like, this is the Batman that they have that they're growing up with. Yeah. Can you imagine the generation that had, you know, the bat nipples to grow up with? That's what they had. <laughs> yeah. And look at what you have now. Like, this Batman's awesome. Yeah. It is kind of hard to take saying, oh, Ben Affleck sucks. It's all about Christian Bale and uh, fuck this new Batman. You know, before... There, there was no Batman in movies, you know? Like, I'm talking even before, like, Michael Keaton. Like, the, the era between, like, Adam West and Michael Keaton. There was right. nothing. It's over right? 20 years. Yeah, it was a long-ass time. And, uh, you know, I, for me, yeah, sure, there's a little bit of resentment. Thinking, you guys got it so good and you're not grateful for these things you know we had a rough back then <laughs> well and these people and, and and people these days get uh you know they get to start with batman and superman in the same movie like like we had to wait our whole lives for batman and superman yeah. in the same movie so i i get that okay. i get that um good yeah no, there's there's there's, there's got to be a level of appreciation you know when when i saw the avengers first get together in 2012 my, my mind fucking exploded you know like it was yeah. it was just this moment that you know it's special i think though that like you can t i think there's a way to take pride in how long you've been a fan and the hardships that you've gone through as a fan either by the hits your uh you know your potential popularity took or the the amount you know the fact that i had to like scrounge for Shazam VHS tapes of the <laughs> shitty 70s show and even before that the Shazam yeah. like serials from the 40s like that's what I had to to buy illegally at Comic-Con in order yeah. to watch stuff and, and you can take pride in that and you can take pride in the fact that you know you read The Walking Dead for years before it hit the TV or whatever but at the right. same time like I don't think that has to you're taking pride in these things needs to be a barrier to other people's yeah entry you don't, know don't be a dick about it right. right like you can you get a certain amount of nerd cred for being there you do like and, and but you gotta you gotta start somebody else on their nerd cred journey you know <laughs> somebody in 20 years is gonna be like i had to sit through ben affleck batman if that's how they feel to get to you know i think uh, Aton just gave you and i a little bit of nerd cred Rainier so yeah I think I'm happy I'm, I'm good <laughs> you have been bestowed yes yes so those Shazam episodes can you now find them at like Target <laughs> you know that, I know that they got to DVD but there used to be if you went to like these little comic book shows and like the ballrooms of hotels or in like the library of a college or whatever these things they used to go on in the mid 90s um, there would always be a guy with a table selling like bootleg VHS's and at one point you know a few years ago they, they did a big crackdown on this but I used to oh man oh, I had all the good stuff Do you, have you ever seen the Justice League live action television show pilot oh I heard about that I've uh, never seen it do you have uh, it <laughs> it's so good I might, I might I don't know where it might be it might maybe it, might be at my parents' house, but it's a VHS. And, like, if that show, if they had made a pilot like that show today, it'd be made. Yeah, I mean, it's yeah. Legends of Tomorrow, right. essentially, but with no special effects. <laughs> it was literally, like, the shitty Justice League, like Justice League International. 
living in a house like in the suburbs. It's like the real world. <laughs> it was, it was like, League edition. It was like Friends or something, <laughs> but like with really poor writing and really shitty costumes and fighting the weather wizard. I would watch that. <laughs> yeah, you should watch. I, I, I took a video class in high school where we had to like everybody weekly got a turn to bring in like a movie for the class to like analyze and all the stuff and people are bringing in like The Godfather and yeah. and all these classics yeah. and I show up with Justice League the television oh, pilot nice. <laughs> and I made these like 15 people in this class like sit around yeah. and analyze it that's cool oh man I think my first bootleg VHS was I that I specifically sought after was the unedited version of uh, Return of the Joker, Batman Beyond. <laughs> oh, okay. Oh, nice. Yeah, that's where. What happens in the unedited one? So, in the edited version, uh, oh man, this was worth it too because like the edited and non-edited were they like different endings, scene. right? Yeah, it's night and day. Yeah. Uh, the unedited or the edited version, actually, when I first saw it, I thought it was great, and then hearing there was an unedited version. I found out through, uh, let's see, I forgot what comic shop I was going to at the time. But, um, yeah, yeah, it, it changes It changes how the story turns about how... Like, like the unedited version, Joker gets shot and killed at the end, right? Or... Shot and killed. Yeah, right, he's right. like shot with a gun and killed. Mm-hmm. And then they, they edited it for the, the actual release. Um, I don't even think, I don't even think there's a gun. There's no gun, yeah. Yeah. And it's strange because going back to the edited version, you see a gun laying there, and you see it after the fact. <laughs> that's like, like well, that's that so defies strange. that classic <laughs> that classic rule of like stage. I always like to refer to this as like if if a scene a scene starts in a play and there's two people like, and then at a table and there's a gun on the table like that gun's gonna get used. <laughs> that defies that rule. Yeah. There's a gun on the table it's for no reason. Movie. It's so dark though. Yeah. They eventually did release the unedited version. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Hey, you know, one thing we alluded to earlier is that, you know, I think we all kind of consider ourselves old school comic fans, but you could argue we're not, we're maybe mid school at best because, you know, Aton, like you are saying, there's a lot of comic book readers who go way back before us. And you know, we did a show with um, some guys from the Jack Kirby Museum. Those guys are old school dudes, man. And it's funny, like, they probably look at me the way that we're looking at some of these so-called noobs, right? And they were probably thinking, this guy, he doesn't know what he's <laughs> talking about, right? So, I mean, if there is, you know, any checking of oneself, if you're like maybe have these elitist leanings, you know that may be a good way to check yourself because there's always someone who's no, who knows more or goes further back. You totally. know, right? Totally. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, as myself, you know, I've been reading Superman for 25 years. I mean, I started in in 1992. Well, Superman had been around for 50 fucking years before <laughs> that. You know, and now, now now I've gone back and I've dug deep. But yeah, I mean, if anything, we are second generation and probably not quite second generation probably like third generation i mean just talking about the three of us sitting here at the table because you yeah. know we started in maybe the 80s or 90s or whatever but yeah. there was the you know there's the guys who started at the very beginning not many of those guys around anymore there's people who maybe started in the silver age and there's people who, who were like the the bronze age and and the you know the birth of like marvel as we know it now there's a lot of guys like that like i only buy bronze you know, and everything after that is bullshit. <laughs> right. Go black. You want to talk elitist? Let's go talk to some fucking Bronze Age Marvel yeah. fucker. No, I take it back. 
please come to the store. Hey, I, I'm jealous of those guys yeah. for the simple fact that if I was collecting comics back then, my collection would be a whole lot doper than it is right now, you know? <laughs> totally. Okay, so, hey, let's go to the, the con angle. We talked about San Diego Comic-Con. And, yeah, I think this maybe is more of a source of resentment than than the comics readers. I mean, new new if you're reading comics at all, even if even if you're a new reader, I don't think any of us have any issues with that. No, but same team, same yeah, team. yeah, we're all on the same team, <laughs> totally, right? But specifically, when we're talking about San Diego Comic Con, I mean, there is a limited amount of badges available every year, and every year we talked about this a little before. It's a battle to try to get these badges, right? And um, there have been times, Rainier, you and I, we we haven't gotten all the days that we wanted. And I know in the back of our heads, the same thought is coming up. It, you know, like a lot of these badges are being are being snatched up by these quote unquote noobs, right? Or non-comic book readers, non-comic book fans. Like, I don't know about you, but that that's a pisser, man. Like, uh, there's a lot of stuff that happens at San Diego that is not comic book related at all. I mean, just, just to rewind a little bit on that, is yeah. that like in the early two thousands, it was it was relatively easy to get badges. You'd, yeah. you'd get the Comic Con mailer, you'd fill it out, and you'd, you'd snail mail it to uh, the STCC org, and uh, in a couple weeks, you I think you get your badges if I remember correctly, um, and you could even even the weekend of like you could. Yeah, you know, you could still, you could actually buy your tickets there at. <laughs> and at also, the I think the content of the convention, the panels and everything, was more geared toward comics. Yeah, you know, I, you know, I think it's like a chicken and egg uh, situation because what what spurred the change in Comic Con? Um, because it was pretty drastic. Where you had like this comic book based convention for years and years, and all of a sudden. Hollywood just started to creep in, and then video games started to creep in, and yeah. now are the majority of the show. But is that because that's who was coming to the show, or was it just like movies and you know Hollywood was like, well, this is a this is a fan base, you know, this is the eighteen to sixty year old men, you know, primarily uh, at the at the time when this change was going on. I, I don't feel like that's that's how it is now um but like this is this is our core audience this is who we're trying to target with our action movies and our video games um and then as they started to move in did those kind of outsider fans move in you know it's interesting or were the outsider fans just like i need something to do that's only 50 bucks for the weekend and i can go to san diego (laughs) and and you know my my family can go to the zoo and i can go you know gawk at some nerds yeah you know i'm not sure which it was it's a good question i think the point of resentment isn't so much for people who are fans of non-comic book stuff I, i think a big a big one was when twilight hit San Diego Comic-Con. Twilight uh, promoted heavily at San Diego, and you know, a lot of comic book fans are like, what the hell is happening, right? But Did pr- Twilight ever have a companion book? Like, like- <laughs> They did make some manga comics. Okay, well, there's that. But I mean, personally, when I saw that, I wasn't so much mad about like Twilight super fans, you know, showing up dressed as, as the characters in Twilight. 
um, I thought that's kind of cool. It's like, all right, yeah, do your thing. But what annoyed me a little more is people who want to go to the convention just to say, because it's the cool thing to do now, you know what I mean? And maybe they're not a big fan of much of anything in particular. They just want to go and kind of just because it's the thing to do. And I've definitely seen a lot of those type attendees in, in years past. That's annoying. Yeah. Rainier, what, what, do you, what do you think, man? Yeah, you know, it's, I think with, like going back to Aton's point about like Hollywood creeping in and like what sort of came first, you know, with celebrities attending this show, now, I mean, back then too, they were sort of attending as fans as well, as themselves. Um, like it brought attention to it and people started to see more and more of sort of the party atmosphere of what Comic Con was like and it sort of introduced this new sort of like fraternity crowd now that's that's going to Comic Con to just party. <laughs> Not yeah. that party is a bad thing, but like <laughs> it makes the convention a completely different experience. Yeah, and we talked a little bit about some of the issues around cosplay and some of this kind of frat culture that has caused issues and we you, you read an article about that right about uh they have this new term cosplay is not consent right? yeah that's right I've, I've read about that here and there um it's interesting i mean like and yeah i mean cosplay is a is a huge thing at uh comic-con at any convention really actually that's always the first question that's asked whenever i mention convention oh did you dress up <laughs> yeah <laughs> Do you guys dress up? I n- I've never dressed up. I never I never have. I'm not opposed to it, yeah. but never have. I never have just because it's a lot of work. <laughs> Especially yeah. if you're going to San Diego. It's a lot of work. You're flying yourself out it there is. or driving out there. It's a lot of stuff to do. Uh, but I know a lot of the media coverage is women who've done cosplay. They've, uh, they've been harassed, you know? And it seems like this is kind of a recent thing you know we talked a little bit about this like comic book nerds like us are kind of getting like a bad name because of this harassment but I would argue it's not so much like the old schoolers who are there just for comics and stuff it's kind of this these new newer attendees who are like into partying and this kind of frat culture kind of thing right yeah and but also on the other side of that too, there are cosplayers that are really pushing the limits in terms of what's aware or the lack thereof of what they're wearing at conventions. Uh-huh. Um, by no means should they be be uncomfortable, you know, wearing what they want to wear at a convention. But at the same time, it's like it, it's it's an interesting mixture. Yeah, and there's a lot of kids. <laughs> and there's a lot there. of kids there. Yeah. 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 Any thoughts, Aton? Well, yeah. I mean, you know. It, it would be nice if, if we could point the finger at and say, like, it's the outsiders that are, are maybe harassing people in cosplay. But that's uh, I don't know. I don't know if we can say that. You know, it would be great. Be like, no, point. it's those assholes. But <laughs> it's like, not us. It very not much us. might be the guy who just bought 50, you know, Batman back <laughs> issues. You know, some asshole is harassing somebody in a costume and that's fucked up. And that, you know, clearly is not okay because d- despite how how skimpy somebody's costume is like they're just in a costume trying to have fun and it, regardless of if they're at a con or if they're on the beach or in a mall or on the subway like dressing one way does not you know does not dictate 
how anybody else should behave, you know? So, Definitely. so I, I just, I don't, you know, yes, I would love to point the finger, like it's the people that I don't like that are doing that <laughs> thing. Um, but unfortunately I don't know if we can do that. Yeah. Okay. All right. Good. Yeah. I think we've, uh, we've covered a lot of, of stuff here. What's, what's, what's the bottom line, old school versus new school. I think after this discussion, I think for me, there is a little bit of checking myself I think I should do, you know, check my elitism at the door a bit. But like, yeah, let's go around the table a bit. What, what do you guys think? What's what's the bottom line here? Old school versus new school. What, uh, how about you, Aton? I think for me, it's probably that point of like, there's like where your geek pride uh, and your nerd cred proudly. Like, um, be be proud of the fact that you've been in it for a long time, but just. Um, take that as also as like your duty to keep it going you know and to to bring in more people to accept that people do it differently than you do you know people you you're a superman fan and the guy who sees the superman movie is a superman fan and you have a you have an opportunity to be like you know comics are pretty sweet uh, every comic is better than every movie um so you know i, I think uh, I, I think like let's get rid of the line let's just have fans there you go for me in a nutshell the more the merrier <laughs> just respect the source material so for a newer fan maybe you might recommend like do some research read up on the comics and don't make all your judgments based on a movie yeah, yeah. There's, there's more dimensions to these characters than what you see on screen right right and I agree yeah. with the point yeah. you made about that like don't don't read the story outline on Wikipedia like like mm. read the pictures with the words and, and do you know do the real deal like allow yourself to be surprised turn a page and you know definitely you'll enjoy it right on okay let's move on so let's talk about new comics today is Monday March 27th Wednesday the 29th is new comic book Wednesday let's talk about recommendations I can start so I'm really stoked about the return of Space Riders. Fuck yeah. Yeah. Black Mask Studios is uh, rolling out volume two of Space Riders, and I loved volume one. And particularly special for Cape and Cowl because there is going to be a Cape and Cowl exclusive variant cover for issue one. And uh, yeah, I can't wait. This uh, this series it was just four issues, right? The, uh, the first run. The first run was four issues. Yeah. Yeah, and you know it's not a lot, but it it man it, it uh, struck a nerve with me, man. The, the the artwork is amazing. It's psychedelic. It's a nice throwback to kind of classic Jack Kirby, Jim Starenko style, and um, super cool. Can't say enough about it. Anything else? Do you want to add anything? Up yeah, there? Well, uh, for me, Space Riders, um, uh, the original is awesome. We always keep the trade in stock um, uh, on our recommendation table because uh, I love it so much. That, you know, the, the story to me is like reading a, an 80s action movie. Um, it's kind of cheesy, but it's it's meant to be that way, and it's badass, and like all yeah. the characters are badass and doing yeah. cool stuff. And the art, uh, like you said, you mentioned Jack Kirby. To me, it looks like if Jack Kirby 
was designing skateboards in the 80s. Like, he's mm. just, there's all these fluorescents. The, yeah. the, they're not quite as, uh, nothing's quite as angular as Jack Kirby did. Everything's real, like, wavy and bubbly, and mm-hmm. but, but the colors are just stunning. So, yeah, so I, I hit up Black Mask, and uh, I said, you know, when Volume 2 comes around, we've got to have a Cape and Cowl cover. So... Uh, the artist Alexis Zirit. Everybody, look up Alexis Zirit. Give yeah. him a follow on Instagram, whatever. Um, he's amazing. And uh, they actually gave me one option for the cover that wasn't Zirit, and I was like, Oh God, <laughs> that's a cool cover. But I really need it to be Zirit if it can be. So we got this amazing cover. Um, you can see it on our Facebook page, Instagram, Twitter, whatever. Um, it's out there. Um, it's stunning. There's only 250 copies uh, worldwide, and that's it. It's never going to be done again. Um, it's got a Cape and Cowell logo on it. Um, pretty, pretty awesome. And I'm very excited. Now, there is one caveat. If you're listening to this before the 29th, um, there's a little fucking shipping issue because why wouldn't there be? Um, their books are coming from Canada. They were supposed to be uh, delivered today. Um, they're not coming today. We're hoping they get here by tomorrow. If they don't come by tomorrow, they might not come till next week. So please just stay tuned. Um, if you want one of these, just just let us know at the store. We'll put one aside for you. We're going to probably, if they are late, we're probably going to try and, and uh, figure out a way to sweeten the deal for people so that they'll still come back and get it because we really, really want to get people on this book because um, it's awesome. Sweet. Uh, okay. Yeah, and uh, any other comic recommendations on your end, Aton? I got a ton, but Rainier, do you have any before I... I... Uh, yeah, sure, I'll just name them off real quick. Someone over at DC uh, with the crossover world is doing a great job. They're, they're doing a, a boost for Golden Flintstones crossover, along with Adam Strange and Future Quest. <laughs> So those Wait, are there's a Flintstones crossover? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Booster Gold is like one of my favorite characters, too. It's oh, going to be great seeing him interact with Fred Flintstone. Awesome. And what's exciting about that Booster Gold Flintstone, if I can interject real quick, there's a Jetsons backup in it. So oh, people, yeah. since they started making these updated Hanna-Barbera, people have been like, where are the Jetsons? Where are the Jetsons? And so this is going to have a, a backup story that's the Jetsons. And I've heard it described as the Jetsons meet Black Mirror, <laughs> uh, which sounds pretty fucking great. Uh, it's going to be awesome. Looking forward to that one. Uh, there's also a Green Lantern Space Ghost uh, team up that's happening. Uh, that's number one coming out. Uh, and uh, let's see, what else? Dark Knight 3, Master Race number eight. Cool. Right, and the one, uh, the one Hanna Bar, er, and um, I got more. Um, the one Hanna Barbera uh, DC crossover that you didn't mention um, might be the one I'm most excited for is Suicide Squad Banana Splits. Uh, and I'm not super familiar with the B- Banana Splits uh, cartoons or anything, but the backup story in this one is Snagglepuss, <laughs> and they've reimagined Snagglepuss as like a gay theater director. <laughs> um, so, yeah, wow. It sounds like. It just sounds unbelievably oh, cool. Yeah. Thanks for thanks for sure. Yeah, so uh, awesome. it's yeah, it's it. There's a it's a fifth Wednesday, so you're not getting a lot of your typical books. There's no Batman. There's no Green Lantern. There's not uh, a lot of the Marvel books, but there's still a lot of good stuff. So um, you mentioned the Hanna Barbera crossovers. You mentioned Dark Knight. Uh, three number eight comes out. That's the penul- penultimate chapter. So the second to last chapter of that book. Um, we also have Inhumans Prime and X Men Prime coming out now. This is the, the this is what's gonna set the X Men and the Inhumans. But you know, let's be honest, 
whatever the <laughs> the x-men this is gonna set the x-men from here on out this is we're gonna get x-men blue we're gonna get x-men gold we're gonna get an astonishing x-men that looks like an x-force team like this is the this is where we all need to jump in on x-men i'm really excited for it um, i'm hoping that this is my entry point back into the x-men world because i've been out for a little bit um so that's inhumans prime and x-men prime and then the last one uh the big the big mamma jamma of this week is saga volume seven mm-hmm. saga volume seven drops so a lot of people have been waiting a long long time and this is a really great really heavy heavy volume um and i know people um want to get on that so we have a ton um so please come and come and get them awesome all right let's wrap it up this is farewell from henry Aton, and rainier